Well, in the spirit of Advent, I have a confession to make. I am living a double life. As important as it is for me as the rector of this church to ensure that our gatherings this time of year are unashamedly marked by Advent, my house is nothing but. Our home is not adorned with the penitential color of purple, but is rather dressed in full Christmas attire. Father Chuck, close your ears for a moment, please. <laughs> At the Gristy House, we have a total of five Christmas trees already set up. Our children each have one in their rooms. We have another next to our front window so that those driving by might see it. And then there's the tallest one in the living room. And then on top of that, we're usually the first house in our neighborhood to deck our front landscaping with Christmas lights, one of the more impressive displays in the area, I might add. <laughs> and then inside, you'll find that our nativity scenes are all set out. Baby Jesus is even in the manger, and yes, the elf is on the shelf. Will you ever forgive me? <laughs> Well, at least you can relate, right? I mean, most of us here, we can't help but to bring out the Christmas decor early on, smack dab in the middle of Advent. Of course, it only makes sense as we have this innate urge to have things in their proper place before the big day arrives. We know that being ready for Christmas requires some early preparation. I mean, can you imagine doing all your decorating on the day of. That would be crazy. Besides, what about hosting Christmas parties? And, and where would you place your wrapped gifts in the meantime? Surely we're all sophisticated enough to know that it's still Advent, even as the music in the background is playing Deck the Halls. Besides, one of the key themes in this season of Advent is, in fact, this very activity making preparations. As we fast in this season, we are making preparations for the feast. As we sow in tears, we are in fact making our preparations to reap with songs of joy. Making preparations is an adventy thing to do. So come on, let's cut each other a little slack and embrace the task that consumes us and overwhelms us this time of year, the task of making preparations. For it is right, our duty and our joy to do so. But even still, perhaps we should also pause for a moment and give this a little bit more thought. I mean, yes, Advent is the season for making preparations, but maybe we should stop and ask ourselves, what, in fact, are we preparing for? For what are we making all these preparations? I mean, the answer seems obvious, doesn't it? I mean, most of us are getting ready for Christmas. We're stringing lights, baking fruitcakes, buying and wrapping gifts, making our travel plans. We are preparing the way for Christmas. And yet that's not what we find emphasized in our readings for today, is it? That's not the rallying cry we hear from the main character of Advent himself, the prophet 
John the Baptist. For two whole weeks during the meaty part of Advent, there he is, dressed in peculiar fashion, assaulting the crowds who come out to see what's going on, John the Baptist. He is the voice of one crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way, not for Christmas, but for the Lord. I think that might be an important distinction for us to make. As you probably know, the word Advent is of Latin origin, a word that simply means coming. But the odd thing about Advent, in spite of its reputation as being a time of preparation for Christmas, is that its emphasis really does not fall on the coming of Jesus as a baby in Bethlehem, but rather on Jesus as the one who will come again to judge the living and the dead. The overwhelming presence of John the Baptist in the lectionary this time of year drives the point home. For his announcement of the coming Messiah is proclaimed 30 years after the Christmas story. And it's an announcement that is meant to summon people not to uh, goggle at an infant wrapped in blue, but it is meant to summon a people to repentance so that they might prepare for the coming of Jesus into their lives. Later in today's gospel passage from Luke 3, a section that we'll hear next week, this is how John the Baptist actually puts it. This is how he describes this coming, this advent of Jesus. He says, One who is more powerful than I is coming, and his winnowing fork is in his hand to clear the threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his granary. This is not an image of a cute and cuddly baby, but of a resolute and coming judge. Are you ready for this one, John is saying? Prepare the way for the coming of this Jesus. That is the word that we need to hear this morning. As we wait for the coming of Jesus into our lives anew and afresh, are we doing what is needed to make preparations for his arrival. Tis the season to prepare the way for the Lord, not simply to prepare the way for Christmas. And so, uh, can you uh, imagine hosting a, a dinner party at your house? Maybe it's the staff Christmas party for your workplace, or you've invited a few new families from All Saints to join you for the evening. And so, knowing that these gifts will soon be coming into your house, you begin to look around. And you examine your surroundings from a whole new perspective, right? With a, with, a, with a fresh set of eyes. Suddenly, the countertops that didn't seem to bother you, well, now they're too messy. That semi-broken chair that you've been tolerating, well, that's, that's no longer adequate. The light bulb in the bathroom you've been meaning to change for weeks now becomes a priority. Yes, preparing for the arrival of special guests demands this kind of examination, a, a careful sort of preparation. Well, that is the work of Advent. Except it's the Lord Jesus who stands at the door and knocks, eager to come in and dine with you. The question is, are you ready? Are you prepared? That's the concern of John the Baptist. Get your house in order. And yet it seems, however, that an ironic thing happens this time of year, doesn't it? It seems that in all our preparations for Christmas, these preparations too often become preoccupations. 
that don't actually prepare the way for the Lord, but rather end up keeping him at bay. In other words, if you don't watch it, preparing for Christmas can keep you from preparing for Christ. Now, now don't, don't get me wrong. I mean, there's nothing out of place with preparing for Christmas, nothing inappropriate with hanging lights and cleaning the house, things like that. But to the degree that your preparations for Christmas hinder your preparations for Christ, that's a problem, right? What a tragedy it would be if everything in our lives and in our homes is just right for the Christmas holiday. While we ourselves, our souls and bodies are not prepared so that Jesus is left standing at the door. Well, Advent calls us to reorder our priorities. In the midst of all the hustle and bustle this time of year, what must come first? Because it's never enough to do things rightly if you're not first doing the right things. I mean, many of us here, we do a great job climbing the ladder of success. We do a great job getting our children involved in in an array of activities. We do a great job keeping things looking nice on the outside of our lives. We do all these things well, but sometimes the doing of these things well ends up suffocating our spirits because they keep us from attending to the main thing, to prepare a place in our hearts for the coming of the Lord. Did you know that's the main thing? A truth that I remind myself of often as a pastor runs something like this. The best thing that I can give this church is the person I become. I share this with our vestry all the time. I tell them, the best thing that you as a leader of this church can give our people is the person you become. I believe that's true for everyone in this room. That the best thing that you can give this church or your family, your community, your friends is who you are becoming. Now, at first, that sounds a a bit selfish and self-centered, doesn't it? Giving all this attention to yourself. But really, it's not. It's called soul care. It's called attending to your life with God for the good of others. Becoming more and more like Jesus so that you might be his hands and feet for the sake of the world. That's how it's supposed to work. A constant refrain I pull out from my sparse parenting toolkit is to tell my children to stop focusing on their brother or sister and start focusing on yourself. That is, stop making their need for change your primary concern. Oh, man, they got all sorts of energy for the change that they need to see in others, right? But instead, pay attention to who you are becoming. Pay attention to those areas in your life where you need to change, where you need to grow. That's not selfish. That's potentially life-giving, right? So brothers and sisters, I say the same to you this morning. To prepare the way for the Lord, start focusing more on the person you're becoming. Start giving more attention to your life with God, to the state of your heart to the rhythms and routines that make up your daily life. If Jesus 
is standing at the door, ready to come in, then then look around and examine the surroundings of your heart from a whole new perspective with a fresh set of eyes. Start asking deeper and more probing questions. Why did I say such a thing to my spouse or or, or to my friend? Where did that come from? What's going on with this restless anxiety in my gut every time the issue of money comes up? What's going on with that? What is it about myself that I can't endure one moment of boredom? Why do I click by now so impulsively? What's going on? Why do I obsess about how I look? What's going on with the amount of television or social media I'm consuming? And why do the thoughts and opinions of others hurt me so much? To prepare a place in our hearts for the coming of the Lord takes this kind of regular work and more. And part of the more part is what we remind ourselves often here at All Saints, that it requires immersing yourself in a community of practices, right? A community that that will pray with you, that asks hard questions of each other, that equips and and cares for one another. It it requires a community that helps each of us develop a game plan for how we're going to put things first. Put first things first. We need one another to attend to our hearts, to share in the life of God. And so I ask you this morning, how is your soul? What areas in your life are crying out for renovation? What's the next step for your faith journey as together we follow our Lord Jesus Christ? How might you today and in this season best prepare for the coming not of Christmas, but of our Lord. Well, let's, let's take a moment, right? Let's take a moment and consider these questions head on. Let's invite the Holy Spirit to, to give us a fresh set of eyes for what preparations we might make. And so let me invite you, if you, if you will, in, a, in an attitude of prayer, close your eyes. And if you feel comfortable, maybe extend your hands for, as a gesture to receive whatever God might give you right now. And so we say, Holy Spirit, we invite your presence in our midst to speak to us in this season where we are to be making preparations for the coming of Jesus into our lives afresh and anew. Where do we need renovation? Take a few moments and ask these kinds of questions. Speak, Holy Spirit.